So the word ecclesia, who doesn't know what the word ecclesia means? Does anybody not know what the word? Okay, so a couple of us. Do you guys know what ecclesia means? Yeah, church, exactly. Well, in a way. So when Jesus said to Peter, and Peter's response when Jesus asked him, you know, who do men say that I am? And Peter said, well, some think you're, you know, Elijah, some think you're whatever. And then he says, who do you say I am? And he said, well, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus told Peter at that moment, this was not revealed to you by man, but this was revealed to you by my father in heaven. And then he changed Simon's name at that moment. He said, I say to you, you are Simon. But no, he actually said, I say to you, you are Peter. You are, he changed his name from Simon, which means reed, kind of like a piece of grass, to Peter or Petra, which means rock. He said, I say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock, I will build my church. Okay, so all of that to, to get to that word church. English translation says church, right? But the actual Greek word is that word, ekklesia. And the ekklesia, the, the word ekklesia is a Greek cultural word that means a governing or ruling group of people in a city. So think of it this way. It's like the government. It's the city officials. It's the people that make the, the big decisions, the mayor, the chief of police, the county commissioner, or not the county, yeah, the, the commissioner, those people that are in charge over the city. Jesus said, I will build my ecclesia, my governing body of people upon that truth, upon that rock, that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. So again, that word is in Hebrews 12, 22 to 24. So I think it would be really cool if we read this as we prepare. Let's read it out loud. Okay. Yeah. Can you see it okay? I'm trying to make sure. I had it. Well, don't be shaking your head. Go get your glasses, girl. <laughs> so, so let's read this out loud, if you guys will. <laughs> yeah, come closer if you need to. Okay, here we go. You ready? One, two, three. We have already come near to God in a totally different realm, the Zion realm, for we have entered the city of the living God which is the new Jerusalem in heaven. We have joined the festal gathering of myriads of angels in their joyous celebration. And as members of the church of the firstborn, all our names have been legally registered as citizens of heaven. And we have come before God who judges all and who lives among the spirits of the righteous who have been made perfect in his eyes. And we have come to Jesus, who established a new covenant with his blood sprinkled upon the mercy seat. Blood that continues to speak from heaven, forgiveness. A better message than Abel's blood that cries from the earth, justice. All right, so let's pray. I know that was enough to chew on for the next month. But the reality is... We have been given permission and authority to come into the Zion realm, the, the presence of God. We have permission right now to come, to climb up the mount of the Lord, so to speak, to go up before the Lord and worship him. So let's just pray. And I want to encourage you guys, just lift your heads towards heaven. 
Father, Father God, we just turn to you tonight as your sons and daughters, as your children. We come recognizing the importance and the only access of coming into your presence, which is the blood of Jesus. We recognize the importance of seeing the atonement, the precious blood of Jesus that was poured out for us that says forgiveness. God, we, we receive that tonight. We remind ourselves that we are the redeemed. We are your chosen ones. We are the ones who you have forgiven of all of our sins. You have given us uh, clean hands and pure hearts that we may ascend the hill of the Lord. So tonight, Lord, we just press forward. We lift our, head, our hands and our, and our heads. We lift our faces towards heaven to go into your presence, to spend time at your feet before your throne. It's our desire tonight, Lord, just to worship you, to love on you, to get lost in your presence. So we welcome you tonight, Holy Spirit. We say, come and catch us up. Come and sweep us up into the throne room of God tonight. We love you, Lord. We give you thanks.
we could come boldly before your throne tonight. That you have made us holy by your blood. That you have declared us holy. We might be a work in progress, but you have already declared us holy by your precious blood. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the precious blood of Jesus that cleanses us, cleanses our consciences from all unrighteousness, that frees us from our sins. We just declare freedom from sin tonight by the blood of Jesus. As Revelation chapter 1 says, to him who loved us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, to him be glory and honor forever. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that your blood heals us, that there's healing power in the blood of Jesus. Tonight, Lord, we just receive from you your provision from heaven. We receive from the storehouses of heaven what you paid for on the cross, Jesus. We just say, let the blood of Jesus be applied to every, every place of brokenness, every place of sickness, whether it's a disease or a virus or just a broken part of the body, a broken part of the mind, a broken part of the soul. And we just declare the healing power of the name and through the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus. We receive tonight, Lord. The only part of us right now, Lord, is that we don't want to be unbroken is our hearts before you. Because you said in your word that a broken and contrite heart you will not despise. But the sacrifices to God are a broken heart, a broken and bowed down heart. So we just yield to you, Lord. We bow down to you. We bow down as we sing and we lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus tonight. Even now, Lord, we just bow down before you. as we were worshiping tonight and I was singing that song we fall down and we lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus I, I was taken back to a memory of when I was newly saved newly in the Lord I was only 21 and I was in my house by myself and I was worshiping the Lord I, I had a, a CD playing by Petra Petra praise <laughs> That takes, takes me, shows you my age. And it was a fresh album at that time. And the song was, Take me in to the holy of holies. Take me in by the blood of the lamb. 
Take me into the holy of holies. Cleanse my lips. Take the coal. Cleanse my lips. Here I am. And I was on my knees. I was bowed down before the Lord. And I was worshiping him. And I felt the wind of heaven for the first time. He made himself so real to me for the first time. I had felt his presence in different ways, but I had never felt him move on me like that. And I was receiving at that moment the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Lord came upon me. He just moved over me. And I just said, and I said nothing, but I opened up all that I was, my entire being. I opened up to him and I just welcomed him, welcomed him in to fill me, to flood my body to have whatever he wanted to have in me and through me. And tonight, he's, he's offering that to you. He's saying, if you, will, if you will bow down, if you will present yourself before me right now, that you would just lay everything you are at my feet, let me, let me release the wind of my spirit to blow through you, to fill you. So Holy Spirit, as we do that now, just blow, breathe your breath over us. into his disciples' nostrils. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. Just breathe him in. He made you. He knows how you were formed. He designed your body. He wants, he's a gentleman. He wants the invitation from you to welcome him in, to breathe him in, to receive him. Jesus even said to the church of Laodicea, I believe, in, Revel in the book of Revelations, he said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's speaking to believers. He said, if anyone would open the door, I will come in and I will fellowship with him. I will feast with him. Lord Jesus, that's our heart's desire, that you would come in you would come into me, you would come into each one of us, and that we would fellowship with you. We would, we would know you. We would yada you. We would know you intimately. here, a few moments, and I just want to invite anyone from our uh, trusted prophetic <laughs> inspiration people in this church, if you have something that the Lord showed you tonight that would build us up, that would edify us, that would strengthen us, I just want to, I'll bring the microphone over to you, if you just pop your hand up.
Is that a yes? You always wait until the next day and Cheryl or, or you tell me in the next week, so. Well, this is longer than that. She asked if I would share something. <clears throat> I'm always shy about doing that, but um, this was Christmas. before, but it messed me up this time. in my life about remembering his promises because it seems like every single day there's always something that comes up right and it could be it could be a lie it could be tension it could it could be a bad report from somewhere it can even be a bad memory or people reminding you about something negative right 
but God is like encouraging me and I'm encouraging you. He wants us to remember our his promises and that the people that failed us, we don't have to worry about them, but we just need to remember God. We got to remember that we can really count on him. Um, so in this season, I just choose to believe the promises of God. I choose to believe his report, and it's always a good report. It's always a report of hope. It's always an encouraging report. So I refuse to believe any lie or any negative memory. He really wants us to do a reset. He really wants us to cast down every imagination that exalts itself up against the knowledge and power of God. He really wants us to cast down every evil and wicked imagination because those imaginations are not always coming from us. So he wants us to cast them down, cast them down, cast them down. He said, think not on the things of this world, but think on the things of heaven. Think on the things of his kingdom. Those are the things that will lift us up. Those are the things that will keep us positive and continue to be hopeful because he is a God of hope. He really is. He lifted up his son so we could have hope. He lifted up his son so we could have hope. So we are not defeated. We are not cast down. We are not forsaken, and we have not been abandoned. We are not rejected. If you feel rejected, it's a lie. It is a lie. It is a lie. He wants us to cast it down. Cast it down. Replace it with his thoughts his promises it doesn't matter what anybody says i'm sorry if this is long but it doesn't matter what anybody says it doesn't matter what they got to say it doesn't even matter what their opinions are it doesn't matter if everything's falling apart around you god said something he has a promise he has a hope for your future he said i wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health as your soul prosper he said that i will make all grace abound towards you so i just want to encourage you to stand with me in agreement every day together on his promises if we don't know what the promise is about a circumstance we can look it up in his word he's already prepared for us he's already prepared he already got a word and he always got a promise for us i share this in jesus name amen
before I hand that to you real quick, I just want to, I was looking for a scripture because you're talking about him being the God of hope. And uh, Romans 15, 13 says, may the God of hope fill you. He wants to fill you. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, in believing. So that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Thank you for sharing that. You like her? <laughs> I think so many times we think of God, we think of Jesus as this faraway thing. And he's not. He's right there. And I just, my prayer for you is that you have more encounters like that, that the rest of us would have encounters like that. I think it's so amazing. Like, I just love that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Thank you, Dale, and thank you, Tao. And now thank you, Barbara, in advance, because I know you got a good word. There is so much that is going on in my life. I can't begin to take the, the time that it would take to tell you all of it, but I am so humbled and so honored the way God is working through me. You know that I'm pretty new to this, like just got saved in April, um, but there are just there are just quantum shifts in my life. Uh, a friend of mine and I have been getting together at least five days a week to prayer for, uh, pray for deliverance and healing, and frankly, whatever Holy Spirit wants us to do and the, the shifts that have been made in the atmosphere and in individuals, the peace and joy that has been brought into people's lives is just astonishing and immediate. Um, I, w I had some health concerns. I recently had a doctor's appointment and I was told that all my tests came back and I basically have not yet, but we're working on it. All my tests came back like the the, the health and vibrancy of a 30-year-old athlete. So I'm taking that. I am taking that. <laughs> so um, I had an incident um, after my friend and I got together in prayer uh, with um, dark forces coming against me. Anyway, my apartment was filled with smoke. I didn't realize, my, my friend couldn't reach me because all the alarms were going off. I couldn't hear her phone call. But um, I used to have asthma, like up until like a couple weeks ago. <laughs> and so uh, I walked into this room and it was so filled with smoke, it looked like those gray walls. You couldn't see across the room. Never once did I cough or my, my eyes didn't water. I just like kind of, you know, opened window, turned on some fans. and. I didn't know it was such a big deal. I've never had such fellowship. I'm not used to people caring for me. My friend had called Scott and Tammy and they called other members of our community and they were praying for me. But I also had on the armor of God and I was under his complete protection. I came out of it like, you know, hardly even smelled like smoke. Usually you gotta throw everything away. I had a little bit of a sore throat for three hours. That went away. I mean, they're just, massive, massive atmospheric shifts that are going on in our world. And 
I take all that and I hand it over to our community. I mean, it is so much abundance, so much increase coming in this community, in our church, in our tribe. We're all just going to stand back and be awed. There will be people coming in who will take that out in the community and will, will bring, it, bring in their realm of influence here. And it's just, it's just going to multiply so fast that we're going to need a bigger room. And I love it. I love it. Thank you, God. Thank you so much. At just the beginning, this is the year of abundance, abundance of receiving the fruit from the seeds that we have planted, that others have planted, that God has planted. Sometimes all I can just say is, wow, I actually run out of words. So... <laughs> Wow. Wow. The fire, she was in the fire, smoky furnace. Yeah, and just before I hand this to you, Pam, I didn't even get a chance to notify everyone that I needed to get praying. I didn't even get to you. I didn't get to Kelly or Tao or, or Judy, um, which is the problem when you're thinking of one person at a time sending separate text messages. And um, But before I could even go any further, I was going to text Kelly, and I thought, no, stop. Text Barbara and just say, please tell me you're okay. Please, please, please. That's all my heart was thinking, and I did. And then immediately she texted back. I was like, oh my gosh. So it was basically sort of a false alarm in a way, but compared to what was in my mind, that could have been the worst. Yeah, we figured laid out on the floor, smoke inhalation, and you're like, no, I'm okay. Just my cat's freaked out. <laughs> well, two things. Um, last Friday when um, we had our class um, Scott started talking about some property up on uh, Sheridan as well and um, he said he's for years now he's been going up and and every time he'd go by there on his route he would pray over this property and, um, and then he told me where it was at and it was like what <laughs> Because I had, and but this was when I was going to um, Firehouse Church, and I thought it was for them. But because um, I'd gone to that property with the same thought in mind, this would be a great spot for a church. And um, so I went there, and I walked around it, and I prayed over it. And then when Scott told me that, I thought, Oh my gosh, this is for you guys. And um, and then at that time when I went went walking around it um, a, few, a little while later I left that church and started coming here and it was just like oh my gosh this is so cool thank you Lord <laughs> and the second thing is um, my son called me and he was talking about he wanted me to pray for his girlfriend and she's been going through some major stuff with a couple of deaths with her 
without going into the details. Um, so he asked me to pray for her, and I said, absolutely. And um, after I hung up, the Lord just started downloading stuff for her. And the first one being um, Matthew 11:28, where it says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you shall find rest for your soul. And then he also gave me um, 1 Peter 5, 7. I think it's 1 Peter 5, 7, where it says, Cast all your cares on me, for, I, for he cares for you. And just started giving me stuff to give her. And, I said, Evan, you need to get her over here because I need to pray for her. Well, I don't know if it was the devil or what, but she wasn't able to come over. But I still prayed that over her. I still spoke that into her spirit. And um, and I just am going to continue to pray and, and lift that up, lift, lift her up in that. you and anyone else if that kind of thing happens um, I've done this many times I just start uh, texting or I speak a little message a memo <clears throat> onto my phone and then I send it to them after I pray or even send it and then pray um, it's amazing how effective that is to to touching someone and really just being timely for them to hear that so and it's not too late actually to, you know you could still do that Whew, it's good stuff, you guys. Good stuff. Um, <clears throat> before we just completely shift gears, I just want to just want to encourage Peter. You know, we were talking about you. No, we weren't talking about you. We were talking about the other Peter, <clears throat> Simon, at the beginning of the message or the meeting tonight. Um, you know how Jesus, his name was Simon, which means reed or a piece of grass. And, you know, when he <clears throat> made the great confession of who Jesus is, who some say you are, and this is who, who you are, and Jesus changes his name. He says, I tell you the truth, you are Peter. You are rock. And I just, tonight after you came in, I was just like, there's Peter, awesome. Peter, Petra. So I just want to, I really felt this is the Lord. You can weigh it. You can flush it if you want. That's so just so you all know, this is our policy in this house. If someone gives you a prophetic word, you have permission to, number one, first of all, flush it if it doesn't work for you. Okay? If someone says, you know, I hear God say, you're to move to Tokyo. And you're like, I hate Japanese food. <laughs> Take the little handle and go whoosh. Just flush it. Okay, it's okay. And what we don't do is, is shut down something that doesn't fit right away because we want, we want to encourage the prophetic. We don't want to, you know, just because someone's off, we don't want to uh, embarrass and humiliate someone who's off and, and immediately just reject them as ever prophesying ever again. I just say that because we just want to bless and we want to encourage. And the prophetic should be edifying and building up and encouraging and so I just felt like your name, Peter, you know, you are a rock. 
God, God has designed you as one of his children. He redeemed you from maybe being a reed at one time, but he, he has designed you and called you to be a rock, and you are a rock, and you are being built. You've been building your life on the foundation of Jesus, and Jesus is our sure foundation, as you know. But I believe that he just wants you to know publicly through the, through the body of Christ, calling it out and affirming that we recognize in Christ you are a rock and you are a person of stability. You are, I, I heard the words rock and stability. You are a man of stability and your stability is increasing and people are going to be drawn to that and they're going to want to they're going to want to pull from that because there's so many people in, in the world around you and around us that don't have stability and are looking for, for something solid to stand on just to catch their breath. And you're, you are and you're going to be increasing, increasingly a man of stability, a man who is a rock that, that sons and daughters and even those who have yet to come to know the Lord can come to you and catch their breath and find stability and strength and encouragement. So we just release that over you and we bless you with that. In Jesus' name, you got something? Yeah, I do. Okay. I do have something for you. I just feel like there's a certain desire in your heart right now and God says he's going to birth that. He's not done with you. Our age, I don't know how old you are, but our age doesn't matter. Sometimes maybe we have, he's got us on standby for just a little bit because he's doing stuff in us, but that he's not done. And that he's going to start launching you out. Whatever that is that's in your heart, that's been in your heart, you're going to start seeing that come to fruition. So. Awesome. Prophets in the house, do you have anything to add to that? <laughs> so just for the sake, because I record everything, I will bring this right over to you, and you can meet me part way. You know, when the brother here was talking about how Jesus revealed himself to you, I'm in a church line, and I have to add people. I've been doing this since before I came from New York, and so I, I didn't know it was going to take this long, but I have a, a prophet in my ear prophesying to the church in New York. And I'm listening with, with my left ear, okay? You know, um, but when you were talking about the way the Lord, the Lord has done the same thing to me in different ways, and he just did it to me while I was sitting there. Um, I have two ex-wives. Not, I'm not proud of that. Um, but I want to say for the young people, okay, because I, I came from a hellish environment, come from the Bronx, New York, okay? Um, I gave my heart to the Lord, and then I started trying to organize my life the way I want it. It's like a living room, right? I want this here, and 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 this here. Well, the Lord had to take all my furniture out. Out, out, out. If I wanted your will, I would have given it to you, you know? I don't want your will, I want my will for you, right? So that's been a long road for me, learning how to die to myself, to my desires, and the Lord has had to use the rod, right? And he's had to whip me in line many times. And I was sitting there, and the Lord showed, showed me holding a baby. I thought it was me at the moment. Uh, oh my goodness, what's going on? He's holding a baby. And when I looked at the baby, it was a girl, little baby girl. He said, this is my little baby girl. 
the one I'm getting ready to bless you with. Okay? What I'm trying to say is, do not, especially young people, do not get ahead of the Lord and try to figure out his will for your life. Yield yourself to him and he will reveal his will to you. We don't understand the Lord because it's my life. I thought, well, he's going to give me the desires of my heart, right? But my heart was not conformed to his heart, me. I didn't know how to die to my flesh, to my desires, to my old sin nature, to the sins of my father that were passed down to me. I did not know how to die to that. And so I'm 54. I was going to say joking around, I'm just 25, right? But nobody's going to believe that. I'm 54 years old. I just turned 54. I know some of y'all think I'm 55, but I'm not there yet. <laughs> but the, the Lord, it's taken a long road. It's taken a long road for the Lord to get me here because I've been hard-headed. I've been stubborn. I come from a lot of sin in my, in my background, my family and all that stuff, and the Lord's had to be cleaning me up like you wouldn't believe. But what I'm, what I'm saying is that the Lord finally told me, okay, now you're getting to a place in me where you're emptied enough of your filthy furniture, right? And my Holy Spirit is coming in and putting new stuff in here, in you. I'm, I'm talking about my heart, right? My, my, my life. And now I can bless you right? Now I can bless you. So the Lord has everything that you need, whether it's a college, whether it's a school, whether it's a course. I've had the Lord tell me, you need to take that course. And I said, I'm not taking that course because I know who's teaching that course. And I'm trying to coast nice and easy. This is my last year of college. I want to graduate and I don't want to be sweating as much. Holy Spirit said, you will take that course. I said, well, are you going to force me to sign up for it? Because I'm not going to sign up for it. Two weeks later, I'm sitting down at Lyceum, and one of my friends sits next to me and says, are you taking that course? And I said, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not taking that course. I don't want none of those guys. It was two, two professors, and they were the toughest ones. And my friend said, well, you're not going to graduate, because if you don't have that course, they're not going to let you graduate. Long story short, I wound up taking the course. Okay, I had to take the course. So the Lord knows everything. He knows everything that we need and, what, and, and, and the desires that, that he puts in us. He knows how to get them to pass. We don't need to work. We don't need to, to, to manipulate. We don't need to force anything. So anyway, that's all I wanted to say, that, that, that God's, uh, uh, he's in control of our will, of, of our destiny. That's right. Amen. Good. Good. Awesome. Yeah. The next time, uh, hopefully heaven, your daughter will come back and, uh, I never want to assume someone's pregnant. Okay. <laughs> I'm a smart man. <clears throat> well, maybe that's wisdom. I don't know. I'm not, I don't know if I'm smart, but I just, you know, so I didn't want to like say something with and be wrong, but I really would like to just, uh, some, some time, maybe on a Sunday night, just, have our church uh, bless her and pray and prophesy over the baby. Yeah. Is it a little girl? Is that what she's carrying? Uh, she says it's a boy. She says it, so no ultrasound has proven that yet. Yes. Oh. Okay. Ruel. Friend of God. Awesome. I like that. 
Awesome. Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> by the way, by the way, I'm going to join you in the wonderful year of 54 years of age next month. So I'm right behind you, brother. Right behind you. I'm a, in the Isaiah 53 year right now. So I don't know if I should read Psalm 54 or not. But we'll see. All right, guys. Well, hey. So it's 740. And uh, I, I like to try to wrap up the meeting by 8 o'clock usually. And I always make promises that if we uh, dive into the word of God that I will keep to my word. And I many times let everyone down and went beyond. But tonight I, I'm going to do what I did last week. And I think we did pretty good last week. Although I listened to the recording just because I, I kind of like to go back over it for myself. Just to hear if I said anything really stupid. And then I could go back and delete the file or cut that part out. You know, so Anyway. Sort of joking, but no, I actually do listen to it. And I did ramble on extra after, uh, afterwards. There's reasons, but I won't go into that right now. So if we could, this is church, and in the church, in church meetings, and you know, the, the early church, it says they, they met together in their homes, and they broke bread together, they prayed together, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. It's important for us as a church definitely to make room for the Holy Spirit to come to, to see the gifts of God activated and released in our midst through the prophetic. And uh, I just want to, um, along with that, I'm trying to remember if it was Tao, what you were sharing. Yes, it was about casting down those impure or wicked imaginations. Um, so this is a little quick rabbit trail, but I just feel like I need to go there with that. You and I, and that was so important what you called out, that that does not always come from you. So I want to encourage you and myself that you and I were created with a screen inside of our brains. Okay, I'm calling it a screen. People will call it your imagination. Okay, it's that place inside of your mind where you can close your eyes if you need to, or you don't even have to close your eyes. You could just think of something and kind of see it. You know, you can see it with your imagination. Sometimes, you know, you might start meditating on the wrong thing. You might start imagining something impure, um, something that's not good for you, something that's not good for someone else. Maybe you're mad at someone and you want to see them trip down the stairs or something. I don't know. That's kind of harsh. That's a little extreme. But you know what I'm talking about. You guys understand what I'm saying? Your imagination it is the, the sanctified imagination, which is what I'm saying is it's that part of you that God created that is set apart unto the Lord. So when you sanctify your imagination, it's like taking that screen and you're laying it before the Lord and you're saying, here's my mind, here's my, my, inner, my innermost being. I, I bring this before you so that you could speak to me in that place. And that is the place of the prophetic where God will show you pictures. God will show you things from heaven like what Dale experienced. I would say that is, that is a prophetic moment where the Spirit of God was releasing something on his screen. On, and, and that might not look like a screen to him or to Barbara or for anyone else. Um, sometimes it might be an impression or you're just sensing but it's that place inside of you that is, it's basically your sanctified, your set apart imagination. Okay, we, we often take the word imagination and we think of it, oh, oh, 
You're just imagining. We make it a negative thing. Oh, you got a wild imagination. You say that to kids, you know, when they, I am Superman, I can jump off the couch and fly. And then they hit the floor. But the imagination is something that God created you and I with so that we could, we could hear from him, we could dream with him, we could envision things with him. But it, it's not just a place where only God is allowed to speak. You are allowed, because it's part of you, you are allowed to take that and, and think about your own things, think about things apart from God. And uh, what I want to get back to with Tao is that that is also a place where the enemy will like to throw something at it. It's kind of like the enemy takes a big pile of horse manure and just goes splat right on the screen. And you might be like, where did that come from? That does not always come from you. God does not want you to see yourself as just nothing but a, a worm or a filthy, uh, impure vessel that has these dark thoughts that come up on the radar sometimes. That's not, if you're a Christian and you have the Holy Spirit living in you, you might need some sanctifying work of, of washing and renewal of your mind through the Word of God and by the Spirit of God. But realize and understand that when you're a Christian, you are a new creation in Christ. You are a new creature with a new spirit. Your old spirit, your old you has been crucified with Christ and is no longer alive. You have been resurrected as a new creature in Christ. According to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, the old is gone, the new has come. Therefore, we don't recognize one another according to the old nature. But now we see one another according to the new nature. And that new nature is the Holy Spirit who has become one with your spirit, causing you to be born again, birthed into a new life. So you are a new creature in Christ. I don't care how long you've been a Christian, how long you've believed in Jesus, there's still newness of life that you carry that because he lives in you and he has become one spirit with your spirit. So as you walk with him and <clears throat> spend time in intimacy with the Lord, reading the word or worshiping or coming to a fellowship gathering and, and the presence of God is just coming upon the worship time or whatever is going on where the Lord um, where you've brought yourself into his presence intentionally. That is a place where he wants to speak to us and he wants to develop that place and teach you and you and I how to, to, to divide what is of the spirit and what is of the soul, what is of you, what is of God, what is of the enemy. God wants to give you and I wisdom in that area. And the word of God is our sword. The word of God is, is the tool that he has given us to cut and divide those things and to take all of those things that aren't from him, as Tao was, was quoting, and cast that stuff down and make it obedient to Christ. So we want everything inside of us to be, be uh, bringing pleasure to the Lord, right? We want to we make the Lord happy. We don't want to grieve him. We don't want to quench his spirit. That's all stuff the Bible says can happen. He promises, though, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You might walk away from him, but he will chase you down. Now, yeah, there is a place where you and I can go where we can choose to abandon the faith and deny Christ. That's a stupid place. That's a bad place. I don't want to you know, see anyone ever go there. 
But I want to comfort you and assure you, if, if that's not any place where you're at, but you just want to know that you are his and that you're safe and you're secure in him, know that he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And he is more intent at developing the likeness of Jesus within you and in within me than you even can imagine. He is focused on the new nature, the new creature in Christ that you have become. He's not focused on all of your mistakes and all of your faults. He's focused on you becoming like Jesus. So if he has to give you a little swat, like Peter was saying, you know, he takes the rod and spanks you or whacks you with it, he does it in love. He does it in kindness because he's a good, good, good father, right? He's a good daddy. And he treats us as sons and daughters. And no son or daughter goes without being disciplined because if we don't get disciplined then we're illegitimate children but that's not us we're his sons and daughters and and he will correct us he but he's so intent on making you and me more and more like Jesus read about it in Romans 8 and there's some other passages I think it's uh first Thessalonians no it's uh it's in there somewhere Galatians Galatians 3 or 4 talks about the Spirit of God being in us. But in Romans 8, he says that, that God's intent is to, to transform you and me into the likeness of his Son. That's why he gave you and me the, whole, <clears throat> excuse me the Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of adoption or the spirit of sonship. And when the Holy Spirit, the spirit of sonship, is in you, the Holy Spirit in you gives you the ability to call out to God. What's the word? Abba, Daddy. That's a, Abba is a word of intimacy. It's not like Father, Holy Father that's so far beyond my imagination and my ability to reach because you're so out there and I'm way down here. No, this is like little child running up to Daddy, jumping on his lap, wrapping your arms around his neck because he's so strong and secure in, in who he is for you and, and giving you identity and protecting you and providing for you. That's the kind of relationship that you have with God that the Spirit of God wants you to be able to call out to him as your daddy, your Abba Father. And you and I, because of that spirit of sonship living in us, he is bent on transforming you and me on the inside more and more into the likeness of our big brother, Jesus. He is the firstborn among many brethren, the scripture tells us. So with that, let's go into the word of God for nine minutes, eight minutes and 30 seconds. You guys ready? Let's do it. The word of God is powerful. Just say it. The word of God is powerful. Right on. Here we go. We read this last week and I and we ended up preaching on it, so we'll just read through it quickly today. All right? This is Romans 12, excuse me, Hebrews 12, starting at verse 14. In every relationship, be swift to choose peace over competition and run swiftly toward holiness. That's a good word right there. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Watch over each other to make sure that no one misses the revelation of God's grace. And make sure no one lives with a root of bitterness sprouting within them, which will only cause trouble and poison the hearts of many. And that word bitterness can also be translated as resentment. Okay, we went way into that whole thing last week, so we won't go there this week. But here we go, starting at verse 16. 
Be careful that no one among you lives in immorality, becoming careless about God's blessings, like Esau, who traded away his rights as the firstborn for a simple meal. And we know that later on, when he wanted to inherit his father's blessing, he was turned away, even though he begged for it with tears, bitter tears. For it was too late then to repent. The Aramaic can be translated, he found no place of restoration. Now I'll pause for a minute. We know from the scripture, Jesus Christ, he is perfect theology. He is, when we want to know what God is like, we look at Jesus. Jesus is perfect theology. And we know from the word of God that it is God's will that not one person would perish, that everyone would come to repentance. So we need to put on that lens, that that set of glasses. When we look at God through this passage, we need to understand that God is not the rejecter. He's not the one that says, you did something and I will never be able to forgive you. It's most likely always on our part that we, we have this lens that says God is not forgiving, he's not gracious, he will not let me go for what I've done, that I've gone too far, I can't be restored. But in that case with Esau, he, he found within himself no place of restoration. He did go and seek for the blessing from his earthly father. Okay, but we know that Jacob was not a representation of the father of our Abba father's heart. So I just want to encourage you guys with that. If, you, if you're ever in that place of feeling like you, you blew it, you made a mistake, and you can't go back under the umbrella of God's blessing, don't let that lie keep you from running to God. I would say even if people have put on you that kind of theology that there's, there's a place. Well, so I will say this. There is, a, there is such a thing called apostasy. That is someone who has abandoned the faith. They basically were on the ship and they jumped overboard and they swam off to an island. They want nothing to do with God. They say to the Holy Spirit, I don't want you in my life, get out. Okay, that is called blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And that is the one sin that Jesus told us is is not pardonable. We cannot reject him completely and then trust that we are still saved. So, in a sense, I'm Calvinistic in the way where I would say, yeah, if you've received Christ, you're not going to lose your salvation because you make mistakes. But in a sense, I'm also of the Arminian stream where it says you can go to a place of unrepentance and actually walk away from God and no longer be considered saved. You work that out in your theology. I've had to work that out for a good 30 years now. So... Uh, No one can uh, prove either one of those streams as being fully correct or fully wrong. They're both kind of right and they're both kind of wrong. If you're Calvinist or an Arminian, if you don't know what those are, look them up in your own time. We won't get into that now. They're just streams of theology where one says once you're saved, you're always saved. In fact, you're so saved and chosen by God that you can't even do anything to get saved and you can't do anything to get saved. You're just, you're chosen by God and the rest of them, as one pastor once said, they're just matchsticks created by God for destruction. That's pretty harsh. I don't feel like that represents Jesus in good theology. Okay, that's five-point Calvinism, just for a quick, quick, quickie on Calvinism. Then there's Arminianism, which 
is basically you need to do everything obediently, perfectly to stay in God's good grace. Because if you start sinning too much, you might as well just forget going to heaven because you've lost your salvation. That turns the free gift of salvation and the free gift of the righteousness of Christ, which is imputed to you and me by faith in the finished work of Jesus, and it takes the focus away from Jesus giving us his grace through the cross, and it puts it on us earning righteousness, earning a place with God. We cannot earn our salvation. Salvation is not by works so that no man can boast. God does not like boasting. So take a a quick little inventory. Is there anything in me that, that is boasting of my right standing with God? You might as well flush it with a bad prophetic word because the Bible says all of your righteous deeds are like filthy rags, okay? The Bible says that. That's not me. All of your righteous, all of your perfect good deeds with, to God that you've done for him, all your works, without Christ and his righteousness covering you, they don't measure up. They're like dirty rags. I'll just leave it at that. With two minutes and 10 seconds left, let's go on. <clears throat> we'll see how far we get this week. We're getting some progress here tonight. For we are not coming, as Moses did, to a physical mountain with its burning fire. Okay, so this is the Old Testament picture. Moses leading Israel out of captivity and Moses having the encampment of Israel with the presence of the Lord following them, a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, and then Moses going up into the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments, the law of the Lord, and the instructions on how to, how to design the temple with such in, in, intimate details that God made sure he specifically wrote everything down. And this is the description of what happened when Moses was doing that. We are not coming, as Moses did, to a physical mountain with its burning fire and thick clouds of darkness and gloom and with a raging whirlwind. Picture that, you guys. You'd be freaking out. You'd be trembling. Okay, I think of tornadoes or tsunamis, and that makes me get the chills. Imagine this. Imagine being at the foot of that mountain, all of this happening. We are not those who are being warned by the jarring blast of a trumpet. If I had a trumpet, I would just blast it right now just to give you a sample. The jarring blast of a trumpet and the thundering voice, the fearful voice that they begged to be silenced. They couldn't handle the voice of God. It scared them. It was so powerful. They couldn't handle God's command that said, if so much as an animal approaches this mountain, it is to be stoned to death. <laughs> Gives a new meaning to that scripture where it says, wash you hands, you, you sinners, you know, who may go up to the mountain of the Lord, him with clean hands and a pure heart. Well, that was the mountain of the Lord for them, and they were trembling. I'm sure they probably were wearing brown trousers. I'll let, you, I'll let your imagination go with that one. And we're going to finish with this because it's 8 o'clock. The astounding phenomena Moses witnessed caused him to shudder with fear. He could only say, I am trembling with terror. <laughs> I'm just getting a picture of him right now. Talk about shaking under the power of the Spirit. Okay. People say the fear of the Lord doesn't mean be afraid. 
But the prophet Bobby Connor, he said, oh, no, you should be afraid. (laughs) Because he's had encounters with the lion of Judah, approaching him this close, putting a sword between his lips and the lion. And he said he could feel the drops of blood. This is in the spirit. He wasn't actually bleeding. He could feel the drops of blood dripping down. and, and, And then the lion, the Lord, roared through his entire being so strong and I don't remember what he said happened, but he said, you should be afraid. So that's, but that's the Old Testament, okay? That's the Old Testament mountain of the Lord. By contrast, we have already come near to God in a totally different realm, the Zion realm. Okay, I can stop there or we can read about the Mount Zion, Zion realm Take a vote, stop here and say yes, or read it. Huh? Read it? Oh, the, the grandmother of the house is saying read it. Okay, <laughs> one more slide. We are not going to stop and go into details on this. We're going to read it, and we're going to find a place to rest. Okay, so <clears throat> Mount Zion, this is footnotes, by the way. I guess I should have read the footnotes because this is what we just read. Or Mount Zion which is not a literal mountain, but an obvious metaphor for the realm of God's manifest presence. You and I have not come to an actual mountain where all that stuff was happening, but you and I have come to Mount Zion. Mount Zion, the realm of God's manifest presence. Mount Zion was a Jebusite stronghold conquered by David in 2 Samuel 5, 6-9. You can read about it. Who made it the capital for his kingdom. This is inside the walls of present-day Jerusalem. Zion is used in both Old Testament and New Testament as more than a location. Zion is referred to as the place of God's dwelling. The place of God's dwelling. So in a sense, you and I are Zionists. I know the Jews, the religious Jews, um, there is that group of them that call themselves Zionists. They are the fervent, passionate ones that the temple will be rebuilt and we will worship Yahweh on that mountain. And that dome of the rock that the Islamic uh, religion has hold of right now, they will see that gone. In their minds, it is going to be taken down and they will establish a temple to God once again. But back to the notes here, Zion is used in both old and new as more than a dwelling, uh, more than a location. Zion is referred to the place of God's dwelling. God's people are called Zion maidens. Well, kind of like Iron Maiden? No. <clears throat> Zion maidens. I didn't even think about that the first time I read it. I'm going to have fun with that sometime. You can read, read uh, Song of Solomon 3.11, Zechariah 9.9, or People of Zion, John 12, verse 15. Zion is the heavenly realm where God is manifest. So let's stand up. <laughs> See, I, I told you it would be quick. That was just footnotes. See, the foot, you're not supposed to preach on the footnotes because that's someone else's study. Thank God for Brian Simmons who went to all that work to give us that stuff that we see on the screen there. You know, Brian Simmons is the author of the Passion Translation. And you don't really know much about the Passion Translation until you actually hear the guy preach. And we did at that conference. It was, it was, it was fire. When he said, and we'll say this now as we end, when he said, 
uh, he's like, say this with me, Espirit de Santo, Espirit de Santo, come Holy Spirit, come Espirit de Santo. And you felt the presence of God just let down in that meeting. You were there too, weren't you, Ethan? Yeah, that was pretty cool. Whew, talk about some good stories. Anyway, so let's just, let's just close this out tonight. Holy Spirit, you can even put your hands out. Espiritu Santo, Holy One, God of Zion, God of the kingdom, Holy Spirit, King Jesus, Spirit of the living God, we love you and we want you more than anything else that this world could offer. We want you not only to come and invade these meetings, we want you to invade our hearts. We want you to invade that place of our imagination, that screen that we were talking about. We want you to invade our bodies and make them the temples of the Holy Spirit, of the spirit of holiness. We want you, we invite you to come into each one of us and sanctify us, make us like Jesus. Turn us inside out and take the things in our hearts and break off the things that need to go and put in place the things of heaven, the things of your kingdom, the things of the mind of King Jesus, the thinking of the Spirit of God. Your word tells us that you reveal to us, your sons and daughters, the mind of Christ, that we have received the mind of Christ that nobody knows the thoughts of God except for the Spirit of God. And we have received the Spirit of God. We have received your thoughts in your mind. So we just open ourselves wide to your thoughts. Your word says that your thoughts towards us outnumber the sand of the seashore. We just want to hear you. We want to know you. We want to know your thoughts, God. We love your word. And we love your presence and we love your face. Let your face shine upon us. Let your face be turned towards us and lead us in the everlasting way. Lead us in the way of righteousness. Lead us on your paths. Give us an undivided heart, Lord Jesus, that we would walk in your truth, that we would walk on your paths. In Jesus' name. All right, we're going to make sure that if anyone in the room tonight needs prayer for healing, I would almost say, I will say, that many times God has already taken care of what you need healing for when we were worshiping. We have a, a lady that has been here before many times, but we haven't seen in a while. Her name is Oksana, and <clears throat> the Lord healed her carpal tunnel pain while we were worshiping. She never received prayer. She came in with the pain, and it had been a long time pain that she was dealing with, and she left and realized the pain was gone, and it hadn't come back. So the Lord will heal us without someone praying for us. But if you need healing in your body or a breakthrough in any area of your life, why don't you just come up? We're going to put music on. You guys can fellowship and eat the cookies up, um, visit, and we'll pray for anyone who wants prayer up here, up in the front. So, amen. All right? All right. You're dismissed if you need to go.